everybody. Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. And we are really excited today. We are finishing up our coverage of the Merry Thanksgiving weekend. <laughs> it was definitely <laughs> a marathon, not a sprint. <laughs> and uh, we have two other episodes uh, with our recaps of movies from this last weekend. This is our third one. So make sure you check out those other two. Today, we're talking about a holiday spectacular and a Christmas cookie catastrophe. And I'm film critic Rachel Wagner and podcaster Me Too is here. Hi, thank you for having me to talk about my very favorite thing, which are Hallmark movies. <laughs> <laughs> so have you been keeping up relatively well with the Hallmark movies this season? Yes, I was so excited to receive a spreadsheet from you because I too actually track Christmas movies in a spreadsheet. For you, you do it because you have a very robust podcast and lots of people on, but I do it literally to like keep track of the movies for my own personal entertainment. And then I track them across channels. I know here we are Hallmarkies, but I have the Netflix Christmas movies yeah. and the ones that have come out on HBO. And yeah, it's just, it's been a good season of, of content. I think it really has. I, I, I've liked so many of the movies. I mean, Lifetime's been crushing it. I I watched both of the HBO Max movies that have aired so far. Well, three actually, technically, because of the Christmas story Christmas. But uh, but they were all three great. We're going to be recapping the other two uh, with uh, Natasha Alvar uh, later on this week. Uh, but I like both of those. I mean, it's it's just been a pretty good season as far as the main networks. Agreed. The mm. mystery one on HBO Max. This anyone so good, listening right? right now, run, don't walk. ASAP. <laughs> it's I thought it was for children. And I was like, this is so weird, but I'll watch it anyway. 10 out of 10. Absolutely yeah, so recommend. Not to mess up or spoil the incoming review. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it uh, it it kind of reminded me of like Harriet the Spy. Yeah. Or that yeah. one Nancy Drew movie we got, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not, uh, the Emma Roberts one, but the other one that was like a little less glossy. So good. Yeah, I agree. It was very surprising. Uh, and it, it, that's another thing that's been fun about this season as a whole, we've gotten a little bit of everything. I think people would be surprised cause they sometimes think, Oh, all those Christmas movies are all just the girl from the city going back to the country. And we've gotten that. But we've also gotten quite a bit of, of variety as far as the, uh, you know, like something like the Royal Nanny versus like actual absolute farce, like the, um, uh, the hall at the Holly or, Mm -hmm. and there's been quite a bit of variety of mysteries, but, uh, but today we have, uh, a period piece, which is so fun in a holiday spectacular. And then we have a, another comedy in a Christmas cookie catastrophe. And uh, overall, I enjoyed both of these movies. Uh, the The holiday spectacular definitely had more uh, emotional connection for me, and I have a lot of nostalgia about the Rockettes. Uh, so it's it was it was definitely my favorite of the two. But I thought they were both fun. I agree. Though I would switch on favorites. My oh. favorite was a Christmas cookie catastrophe because I love that we still have Victor Webster in a mystery. Uh-huh. Yeah. That, yeah, I that's thought true. that was so cute. Cause he was in the matchmaker mysteries mm-hmm. and they, we only got, I think three of those. Yeah. And he's one mm-hmm. of my favorite leading men. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So, well, why don't, before we get started, our recap, just for people that haven't been on one of your recaps on the podcast before, uh, why don't you tell uh, everybody about the pilot podcast and what you guys do? For sure. I co-host the pilot podcast with my very close dear friend, BJ, and we review the pilot episodes of TV shows to answer listeners question. Should I watch this? We know that there's just a ton coming out across streaming, across broadcast. Rachel and I are even talking about tons of movies. There's <laughs> maybe even more shows coming out relative to those movies. And so what BJ and I like to do is cut through the noise, watch a ton of these shows for you and make like sub 10 minute reviews of them just to let you know if it's worth your time or not. Or if we found something that we think is a banger that you should just absolutely marathon the next time you're decorating your Christmas tree. Yeah, it's a really good show. I don't have time to listen to a lot of other podcasts because I'm so busy making mine, <laughs> but um, I do listen to yours and I do enjoy it because it. I don't, you know, even though I don't watch very many television shows, it's nice to kind of get an idea as a film critic and, and occasional TV critic. It's nice to get an idea of the, the, the overall television landscape. So if, if somebody, if somebody's like, Hey, did you, have you watched this? Like, I at least have some working knowledge of, okay, I know kind of what this is about. And, and that's why I like listen to the show for that. That's <laughs> listen the to the highest. podcast. It'll, it'll help you at parties. <laughs> <laughs> that's the highest possible compliment we could receive. One helping you at parties because I too need help. And two, the most common thing we receive beyond like, Oh, we like it. It's cool is like, I'm just so busy. Thank you for doing this in nine minutes. And so we're yes. always here to serve that community, yes. the busy community. <laughs> and we'll have all of the information in the description. Y'all should check it out. But all right, well, let's talk about these two movies. The The first one, Holiday Spectacular, this on the 27th. They starred Anne, Margaret, Eve Plum, Derek Kleena, and Gina Claire Mason. And it was written by Julie Sherman Wolf and director John uh, Pooch. And it's uh, set in 1958. It follows Maggie, who sneaks up to New York City to make her secret dream come true, dancing live on the stage in the Christmas Spectacular at Radio City Music Hall, putting her high society wedding plans on hold. <laughs> so, yeah, overall, what did you think about this one? I really liked it specifically because, and I say this genuinely as a compliment, Maggie's really selfish. And I love seeing a movie, especially one of these where we have a woman in this case in a period piece. So she's even more likely to acquiesce and do things because society tells her that she should do them a certain way. And instead she's like, bump the wedding, bump my family needs. I'm actually going to go to New York. I'm going to use my friend Kitty to make sure that she has my cover. I'm going to hang out with this guy, John. He will <laughs> not know I'm engaged. And I'm also going to conceal my identity to all my cool new dancer friends. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to do this for a couple of weeks, get it out of my system, and then we'll see how I feel. And like truly with love, I just love that she was selfish. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. It's, it's hard because at that time in your life, you're having to make so many decisions for yourself. So I think it's, it's, it's it is kind of a, a selfish time of, of life, you know, yeah. in, that uh, it's, you know, before you've had children before uh, you are 
kind of invested in a career, like that you're, you're making all these decisions about what I want out of my life. So I, it's almost more, I would say more self-interested than like selfish. Yes. That's a kinder and honestly more apt word. Thank you. (laughs) Selfish sounds mean. I just mean like for that era, if we're thinking about the 1950s, that's so brave and bold to be like, I want to do things for me and Mm y'all can just figure it out from there. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. 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 I, I really enjoyed it too. It's hard for me to hundred percent be objective about this one because I do have an emotional tie to the Rockettes and people that have listened to this podcast have heard this a lot of times. So forgive me. But, uh, but uh, when I was 20, uh, my um, cousin and I were, were, we were really good friends and close and uh, we decided we wanted to go on a trip and we wanted to go to New York and because I was, I mean, I've always been a huge Broadway person, big show tunes fan, big, big Broadway, Broadway fan. And I, we, we, we knew that my grandma or our grandma loved the Rockettes and anything with like tap dancing or whatever. She would just, she just loved that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so we, what we, we went and talked to her and we're like, grandma, like, we'll go see the radio city music hall, the, the Rockettes, the spectacular and it'll be great. It'll be this amazing thing. And so that, that's it. She was like, okay, let's do it. Let's go. And <laughs> so we went to uh, New York in 2000 and we had just this amazing trip and we saw the music man, which is really, really special to me. Uh, we saw beauty and the beast, which is really special to me. And we saw uh, the, uh, the Rockettes Christmas spectacular. And I have so many great memories from that trip. And, um, the, the spectacular is, is really unbelievable. I mean, it is everything Christmas that you could ever imagine. Of course you got like the kick lines and the wooden soldiers and everything like that. But then it also has like a full nativity on stage. Uh, that's, that's really, so it's like everything Christmas from religious all the way to the secular and everything in between. And, and so that was just an amazing experience. And, um, and then my, my cousin, Lisa, she actually kind of shockingly, um, she passed away the next April. And, uh, so that trip of us spending that time together is really special to me. And, um, and then my grandma passed away in 2019. So they're both gone. And so, I don't know, I just have this like deep connection (laughs) to the Rockettes and, um, the spectacular in particular. And so again, it's hard for me to kind of completely be objective in this one. And I think that's true for like a lot of people that they have a lot of memories tied into the Rockettes and into New York at Christmas. And, uh, I, I certainly don't think I'm alone in that at least. No, I don't think you are at all. I've spent many a wonderful Christmas in New York and I'm sorry for your losses and, I'm also very happy that you have those memories with them. These, this sounds like a really special time you had. It really was. And we, uh, we went to the, um, to the, uh, to the world, to the world trade centers at the top of the world at the time. And, and then everything that happened in 2001, you know, it was just crazy. Like, and, and it just always has been a reminder to me to, if there's something that you 
want to do and you can do. Of course, not everyone's in the situation to be able to go to New York at Christmas. I understand that. But if you can do it, don't wait, do it. Go plan that trip because you never know. We had, I mean, my cousin had chronic poor health, but Mm. she'd been doing so well for a couple of years. So it came, it really was a shock. Um, And I was just so glad that we did it. We didn't wait uh, for maybe a more convenient time or anything. We just, we did it. And that's what I would say to anybody is that if, if it's within your means, don't put it off, go and do whatever it is that you you're thinking of doing. And I think that COVID really kind of taught us that as well, the quarantine was like a lot of the things that I said that I'd been kind of like, Oh, I'll do that later. That as soon as I was vaccinated and well, I was like, I'm doing it. (laughs) I'm not waiting anymore after that. (laughs) That is a really, really lovely lesson that is worth reinforcing any and all chances that we get. Yeah. So anyway, that, that is why it it definitely had like a, a, a bigger kind of just meaning and nostalgia, I think for me. Um, and it was just so refreshing to have a movie like this on Hallmark channel. Like it felt like a Hallmark Hall of Fame movie to me more than a, um, traditional Hallmark movie. I agree. There was really high production value, great performances. It's just a good movie. Yeah. So it starts out with some of the, like the history of the Rockettes. And I did see some people online, uh, talking about how, uh, they, how this was obviously a very kind of glossy version of the Rockettes history because they didn't have a black, uh, Rockette until 1988. So we have Alice in this that's obviously not historically accurate. Um, I don't know. How do you feel about that? I thought it was odd. I think that mm. took me out of it a little bit. Seeing dancers of color because they didn't allow dancers of color until the late until the late eighties. Yeah. And I was, I even Googled it because I was so confused at the setting of the movie time-wise and the diversity of the cast. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes when you have BJ and I were just actually talking about this, like race blind casting, but without context, then it isn't actually always so feel good and instead sort of inspires more questions than it does make you go like, oh, that's nice that like more people were in this. And I wonder if they had just been a little bit more historically accurate. I thought Alice's character was really lovely and I thought she got such a nice ending in the film, but I just kept thinking like in the original Rockettes, they weren't even allowed to get tans for fear of, to use their language, appearing colored. So I don't know if Alice would have actually uh, been made dance captain or even been allowed in the theater Mm -hmm. until like the civil rights yeah i mean i think like 65 let alone dancing yeah i don't know what the year was i didn't look that up but they had you know segregated seating at at, i mean yeah not just radio city everywhere yeah i mean it's the 50s yeah yeah a very recent time but definitely a different time i mean this Mm -hmm. is of course within our parents lifetime we're not talking about eons ago but we're we are talking about a different era that is filmed oddly. I I wonder if the Rockettes are doing some level of reckoning. I know that they did some 
open casting calls in 2019, I think I read, seeking to diversify their line of dancers. They did like open casting calls in different cities with higher populations of um, women of color to try to recruit more dancers into their line that are more representative of the audiences that they're dancing for, Mm -hmm. especially in a city like New York, where there is just like everyone there, um, all different types of people. So I wonder if it's a little bit of that, like in very recent years, like in the last three or four years, they've had some like pretty serious thinking about this. It seems from what I've read. And I wonder if this is part of that. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a tough thing because as a, as a brand Hallmark is wanting to be more diverse and more and expand but then again, like how much do you worry about being historically accurate? And then I, 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 th- I don't know. It's a, it's a tricky thing, but BJ and I always think about like more is more. So instead of like how many, you know, women of color could we slot into this movie and potentially tell an untrue story because it's being positioned as a period piece and not as like fantasy, mm-hmm. um, what does it mean to just like tell more stories where it makes sense? So like in a Christmas cookie catastrophe, every single character could have been white, a person of color, anyone, because it, that's such a broad story Yeah. versus the specificity of the Rockettes in the 50s. From the creator of the number one Christmas podcast comes a new book to surprise and delight you into a happier holiday season. Christmas Past, the fascinating stories behind our favorite holidays traditions by Brian Earle is out now just in time for the holidays. Available in hardcover and ebook from Lions Press and as an audiobook narrated by the author from recorded books, behind every Christmas tradition is a story, often a forgotten one. When we pour the eggnog and trim the tree, we're continuing generations old narratives without knowing their starting chapters. Until now. Brian Earl brings the same wide-eyed fascination and cozy nostalgia from the podcast to the book. Featuring 26 short chapters and eye-catching graphics, you'll want to have it on your coffee table or mantle all season long. Find out why Apple Books named Christmas Past a must-listen and get a copy today wherever books are sold. Remember, it makes a great gift. Find out more at christmaspastpodcast.com. That's christmaspastpodcast.com. So she decides to, uh, to try out. She thinks, oh, this is just going to be a lark. It's just going to be for fun because is this like an arranged marriage? She doesn't seem invested at all. I think it's like a merger, Uh but a wedding. Yeah. She's just kind of agreed to go along. Do you feel like that was necessary because it does create kind of this awkwardness of this emotional cheating kind of thing? going on. I honestly kept forgetting that she was engaged because we didn't really see Maxwell. There was clearly no connection to him. He even explicitly toward the end was like, I know we're not feeling each other. We're just doing this because your family is a corporation and my family is a corporation. And it makes sense for us to be a partnership with each other. Mm -hmm. So I guess I didn't feel at all taken out of the story with it I really loved her chemistry with John and frankly like until we saw Maxwell or she she had to pretty explicitly mention him for me to be like oh yeah so maybe this is a 
not the most moral thing to say, but I didn't perceive it as emotional cheating because I just didn't perceive her engaged relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess it creates a conflict at the end when John gets kind of huffy about it, but, uh, but that was about it. Yes. I felt more like she briefly cheated on John Mm -hmm. or rather was cheating on John that whole time or being untrue to him, I should say, by not revealing the full truth of her background and her relationship back home. But I never felt like Maxwell was betrayed. I just felt badly for John when she had that conversation with him. Yeah, yeah. John was the side piece, but to me, Maxwell felt like the side piece. Yeah, no, it's true. It it really did. I did laugh by the fact that he is a photographer because there's nothing a Hallmark movie loves more than a a photographer, whether it's male or female. (laughs) Yes, top 10 (laughs) profession. Yeah. It's like the go-to and go-to career for a, for a Hallmark hero or heroine. And it, that, that wants to be sort of artsy or whatever. It's a, it's a, a photographer and it's never, you never have somebody just like the real, real photographers, at least t- today like, that are like doing a lot of weddings and stuff like, it's never like that. It's always, it's always like a landscape photographer or like <laughs> artistic photographer. Tinsel stuck in a light post. Yeah. Right. (laughs) I love it. I love a man with his head stuck in the clouds. I think Mm -hmm. it's such a fun profession to play with because obviously all respect to photographers, uh, like this is a very fun take on what they do, which is like much more (laughs) straightforward and like a a harder science than this. I mean, I'm sure all photographers would love to be able to make their living off of, uh, uh, editorials. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. But, uh, but he was very charming throughout. And of course he's got his kind of backstory with his parents that want him to run the store, but he wants to become a photographer. And, and then, so she's got this also same kind of thing where she wants to become a dancer, but her parents are opposed to that. So they both are like creatives being, uh, being thwarted by the system. So, <laughs> that was fun. Raging <laughs> against the machine. As That's a couple. right. Uh, and, uh, yeah, then we, there's a lot of sort of montages of the dancing and the practicing and, and it was fun to follow along with the Rockettes Twitter as the movie was going through and they were, they were commenting on different things and they're saying that they do rehearse for six hours every single day for the, um, to get ready for the, the spectacular which is wild because much like many people watching this movie I'm sure did I googled how much money they make and it is like a fifth of what they should be earning I can't imagine putting myself through that I understand it's for the love of the art but these people are training like athletes and should be compensated accordingly it's true it's true uh, but I really enjoyed all the dancing. I'm a sucker for dance like my grandma was. And uh, she goes to Tiffany's and Maxwell tells her to pick out a present for herself from Tiffany's. Uh, and then she's there with John and uh, there's a, uh, a $26 uh, nutcracker pin that she really wants. But, uh, but she can't, you know, afford it at first. And, 
Uh, and it, we, I think somebody on Twitter looked it up and it, that $26 was like $250 now. Oh, that's expensive. Yeah, very expensive. And, uh, and so then it kind of plays out in, in fairly uh, predictable fashion. You know, he shows his, the, his parents the portfolio, tells them about NYU, and they're very upset. And, and then she finally breaks the news to her family and she thinks they're going to be somewhat supportive but they're not and but then both moms are the key both moms listen and they decide to come and see what's happening at the uh at the uh uh, rockets and uh they both kind of talk to each other and uh realize that they should be more supportive and that was fun i thought between the two moms That was such a cute scene, especially when John's mom, to show that Maggie was also in love, showed the picture that John took of Maggie to Maggie's mom. And there were like no more words needed to be exchanged. Her mom looked at that photo and was like, wow, this is my daughter happy, like actually happy. Let's do this. It just was such a cool, like mom's activate moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. It was, it was very, very sweet. And, uh, then we also have, uh, uh, they, they've gotten, we've gotten little tiny bits of the different Rockettes. I guess they all live in this one kind of place. Uh, and, uh, we got to know Janet and Alice and Sophia, uh, and, uh, what's her friend's name? she's pretending to stay with i forget oh, but kitty. um kitty kitty so we've gotten to know some of these other women in her life and alice she is uh, struggling uh, to kind of keep up with the show and uh so she's gonna quit the show but then janet who's kind of the austere one doesn't really like uh chatting or being friends she's the one that uh goes and talks to the uh i forget the guy's name the head of the the head of the rockets uh guy and he she talks to him about uh about alice and then so alice is made uh captain as you said earlier i thought that was really cute i love mm-hmm. the storyline that really felt like the primary storyline until some of the drama with john picked up of the friendships. I love female friendship Yeah, in movies, TV, everywhere. And so seeing Janet open up, seeing Sophia be this fun, wisecracking friend, but also building a little bit of a relationship on her own. And then seeing Alice get that really satisfying ending because it was sad to think about what her life looks like beyond the Rockettes because she'd been dancing with them for so long. And then I know that you didn't talk about her, but I loved the house manager person, Rose. She was just so funny Mm -hmm. and added another great layer to the storytelling of that apartment building. Yeah. Yeah. She was really fun. And I guess we, we didn't really talk about the, the narrator of this movie playing older Margaret is Anne Margaret talking to her granddaughter who's, uh, who's insecure and doesn't feel like that she, she's worth, uh, worth it to get the role of Clara. And, uh, that was really sweet. It was, it worked. I thought. 
it was really cute framing. And I loved the way that her husband shows up at the very end. So we see that John and Margaret still carry such a torch for each other. Yeah. So sweet. It was, that was really, really sweet. And uh, it's a nice story because she learns that she can be independent and stand on her own, that she can support herself, uh, that uh, she can make, you know, make money for the first time in her life, make her own money. Um, all of that I thought was, was very, very, uh, nice, very sweet. I agree. Mm-hmm. And there were some cute moments between her and Sophia, her, that, uh, Sophia is her roommate. And, mm-hmm. uh, and she tells her that she doesn't like chicken parm. That was, that was funny. <laughs> like, Sophia's like, what? A shade far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can lie to us about your wealth. You can lie to us about your relationships, but you yeah. cannot lie about chicken parm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, I think it was John who said nothing like a pizza pie after a good cry. That, I, that, That's a good that, line. Was, good, that was a good line. <laughs> uh, and then he says, you made me a man who sees beauty in simple things. Which is very, very sweet. Uh, how did you feel about the chemistry between John and Margaret or Maggie? I thought it was really good. Mm-hmm. I, I genuinely, I mean, I know I am repeating myself at this point, but I kept forgetting that she was engaged because I was just enjoying watching their relationship develop. And there wasn't a single part of me until, you know, of course we always have like the action that picks up toward the end that tests the relationship until that happened. I genuinely forgot there was someone back home and I feel like I would put it out of my head immediately. Anytime Kitty would be like, what about this? Or when she came clean to the girls that she was engaged and whatever, whatever, I truly kept, um, I kept forgetting until it would explicitly come up and then it would just slip right back out of my mind. Cause I yeah. thought they were just so cute together. Yeah, I, I agree. And all the, the costuming and all that, uh, really helps too. And so he ends up giving her the nutcracker pin, which was very cute. And, uh, and then she says, at least now I know how love feels. And uh, so then uh, that's when the mother apologizes. And, uh, and then you see John there in his tuxedo. Uh, He says, a man has to dress nice for important occasions. Like the night, a man, like the night, a man tells a woman he loves her. Oh, 10 out of 10. Yeah, that's good. And, uh, and then we see Anne Margaret giving the granddaughter the pin. Uh, and so that was very sweet. So, yeah, I really enjoyed this. I'd probably give it, uh, a 4.5 out of five. I, I, I really, I would definitely watch it again. So what would you get out of five? A 4.5 as well. I thought it was just really good. And I think it's worth a revisit. Ho, ho, ho. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Patreon. Do you love Hallmarkies podcast, especially at Christmas? Do you enjoy the holiday previews, recaps, interviews, and bonus episodes? If the answer is yes, please consider supporting the Hallmarkies Patreon. We need your help to do what we do both during the Christmas season and all year round. But not only do you help a podcast led by strong, independent women by becoming a Patreon, you get to become a part of the Hallmarkies family. 
Starting at only $2 a month as a patron, you will have access to our Facebook Patreon group where we talk about the movies, shows, and more all year. We also have many monthly patron watch-alongs with guests like Lacey Chabert, Natalie Hall, Paul Campbell, Mary Lou Henner, and more, giving their behind-the-scenes details of their films. As a patron, you also have the chance to provide input into the podcast and even join us at different tiers. So this Christmas season, spread some cheer to the Hallmarkies Patreon and become a member today. You won't regret it. Go to patreon.com slash hallmarkies to learn more. That's patreon.com slash hallmarkies. All right. Well, let's talk about a Christmas cookie catastrophe. And this is uh, Rachel Boston, Victor Webster, director Jeff Beasley. And I think this is the one, writer Robin Gadsby. Yes, right. He is Katie Sackoff's husband. Oh, okay. Yes. And so last year, Katie Sackoff was in a Hallmark Christmas movie that he also wrote. And she told us that uh, they went to Hallmark and pitched like five projects and Hallmark bought three of them. So we already had Christmas sale, which she was in. And then now this. And I'm guessing that she wasn't in it because she's just too busy with the Mandalorian. Plus she has like a a pretty young like baby. So I'm sure that (laughs) takes a lot of her time. Uh, But, uh, but uh, anyway, he, this now their second, and this is definitely very different. I think than Christmas sale, Christmas sale was a lot more like serious about grief and, you know, topics. It was still, I thought really good, but, um, but anyway, just different. So the guy has range (laughs) is what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, and this is Annie Cooper has big shoes to fill when she takes over as CEO of her late grandmother's small town cookie company and is doing her best to help their struggling business get back on track. That task gets more daunting when her grandmother's secret recipe is stolen during the Christmas party. As Annie tries to, t- to crack the case and uncover the culprit, she works with Sam, the owner of a local bakery, to recreate the recipe in the hope of saving the company and her job. As Annie and Sam bake batch after batch in pursuit of the perfect one, they begin to learn all that their the lives go together like milk and cookies. So overall, what did you think of this one? I thought it was very good. I loved the mystery. I was cracking up throughout. My only hangup was did no one just sort of take a picture of the recipe? Right. We don't have cloud in this town. What's going on? Well, that's what I kept thinking is they're continuing to still make cookies. It seems like the they're still busy. So how are they doing that without this secret recipe? Do they just have like a bunch of secret recipes or what is happening with Cooper cookies? I agree. I, I don't think it was enough of a plot hole or question for me to be too hung up on it but I just remember thinking like especially when the way that it is displayed so publicly for the town I and so when they discovered the display case with the hole in it and the and the recipe missing I was like huh Mm -hmm. I just (laughs) I wonder if there was no other process here by which we could save this especially because it feels so publicly available yeah, I agree. There were a few parts that I felt like it was sort of some of the red herring parts where I felt like it started to drag a little bit and I was getting a little bit less invested, but I overall really enjoyed it. I, I think uh, they had nice chemistry. There were some definite funny parts. Uh, and I think the, uh, the, uh, the reveal 
was was fun of the, the who the uh the thief is uh it all kind of came together in the end i agree though i for a moment and i have this in my notes thought the thief was santa like actual santa mhm i thought yeah. he was supposed to be santa because of pretty- how he looked yeah yeah it's true he was maybe santa's helper but he did look a lot like santa i i thought and hallmark is not above a twist where yeah (laughs) the guy in the beard is santa so i was like oh this is gonna be cute he's gonna like disappear at the end of the day and go up to the (laughs) north pole then i was like oh no this is just a guy in a beard (laughs) yeah but there there were some funny lines like i really liked the line where the guy's talking about the low carbonated diets <laughs> that made me laugh i thought He's that like, was really funny yeah. <laughs> and uh, you have this back and forth back and forth i kind of wish we'd gotten more like gratuitous cookie uh making scenes of like you know like seeing the cookies pull apart and the you know I, you really they need to get some like sponsorship i feel like to that <laughs> bad life uh, um uh pillsbury or something like that yeah the scenes in the bakery were so charming and yeah. there's something so lovely about seeing a man as big as victor webster being like hmm, a dash of nutmeg what is it what's missing what's missing folks and like uh-huh. He's just being run by this group of women who are telling him like a little bit of this, a little bit of that. This cookie feels like too crisp, not crisp enough. Mm. I thought those were so cute. And I could have watched to your point, like easily five more scenes of that sprinkled throughout, or even just longer scenes of them doing that. Uh-huh. Yeah. And do you agree that we need a spinoff mistletoe mysteries series? Yes. <laughs> like ASAP. Yeah. The book titles that they were describing in the movie, I was like, I would watch that. I would watch that, especially following the shocking success to me of that HBO Christmas mystery movie. Right. I was like, I apparently am someone with an appetite for children solving mysteries <laughs> around Christmas themed yeah. stories. And I need more of this ASAP. Yeah. And this little girl was really cute. She was good in this. Yes. Yeah. Completely agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that was interesting in both of these movies, you have both of the women uh, drinking like hard liquor, which you usually don't see in all movies. In the holiday spectacular, she drinks an old fashioned light on the water. He's like, that's pure bourbon. <laughs> that's and then true. in this one, she has the martini three olives. <laughs> that is true. These sexy <laughs> drinks. Oh my yeah. goodness. <laughs> not hallmark pushing the envelope women can do it all i mean my favorite thing ever was in the mistletoe inn when which is a movie i enjoy but Mm -hmm. they have all these special themed drinks uh and one of them is the tiny tim which i just will never not make me laugh i thought that was so (laughs) funny like why would you have a a adult beverage named after a child There's a very corny throwaway joke in this movie I love called You Can't Fight Christmas. And Mm -hmm. they do this scene where the protagonist of the movie is sharing Christmas themed cocktails. And for some reason, the way that she delivers the line, Santa Claus is rum into town. I don't know why. I'm not (laughs) even a drinker. It just makes me laugh so much. 
every single time she says it. And I feel like I rewatched this movie a lot for that yeah. scene of the cocktail puns and specifically the delivery of Santa Claus's rum into town. <laughs> yeah. Well, he has a nutcracker themed party. And I feel like that is a very specific thing. Like if I was invited to a nutcracker themed party, I'm like, I don't know what I would, what I would do. I, I don't know. I would be frozen, like no motion, <laughs> maybe couldn't leave my house. I don't even think I have a red blazer. So I don't know what I would do. Yeah. I mean, trying to think that somehow I would, I guess I would try to pull something off as the sugar plum fairy of some kind. Maybe I, I do have fairy wings from an old costume. Ooh. I guess I could pull that off. Rachel, <laughs> I like this. <laughs> Anybody in the Utah area, if you want to come to a <laughs> party. I'll make the flight. Yes. <laughs> so we have various suspects. There's the guy that works at like the grocery store or whatever, that they have this whole, uh, there's this whole uh, what do you call it? An espionage kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Stakeout, whole stakeout. Out. Yeah. I <laughs> uh, not just here, not just the roasted nuts. I'm here for the cold hard facts. Though justice for that man, because how scary is it to be confronted? And if I'm understanding the dialogue correctly, and I have very frantic notes on both of these movies, so I could have maybe not gotten it right. But he was. The, his theft from the office was a pen and stapler. Uh, something I didn't write that down, but it was something so small that I was like, justice for this man. Now he's <laughs> slinging chestnuts, which sound delicious, always smell better than they taste, but that's, that's the yeah, cost that's we pay. <laughs> and, and now he's getting confronted at his next job. Like, will he never live down this pen and stapler? What's going on? The thing about chestnuts is that I've only had them a couple of times because I didn't really care for them that much. They, uh, they don't get crispy. It's not like a pecan or a chest, I mean, a, a cashew that get kind of more crispy when they're roasted. They get, they're just kind of like, I don't know. They just stay kind of soft. <laughs> That's good. That's true. I'm not a big fan of nuts, period. Like chestnuts, peanuts, pecans, anything. Oh, really? But chestnuts specifically, that texture, it's hard. Mm-hmm. It is hard. You at and, least want a snap. Yeah. And he's this guy, he was talking about the fact that they did electrical work at the Coopers, his yes. business. <laughs> so he's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, and that was that was good. Although the one guy got like hot nuts in his eye. <laughs> yes. Um uh calvin yeah uh and uh then they're testing out the like they're testing out these cookie recipes and he says victor Rogers says you can't go easy on myself the longer this takes the more innocent people you'll accuse (laughs) (laughs) that was was a very funny and menacing line yeah So they're spending all this time together, like cooking and everything. And I did, I, I wasn't a fan at the Nutcracker party. I didn't like her black flowered dress. I, I mean, I don't like when they wear black at Christmas in Christmas movies, but it didn't really matter too much because she had on the, uh, the red jacket, uh, his jacket. 
yeah, most of the no night. matter what she was going to be on that theme mm-hmm. yeah she could have worn anything underneath it was all a vessel for that jacket which pulled a hundred percent of focus yeah exactly and and so then we have uh that she asks him to the tree light up and he thinks it'd be confusing for his daughter uh which like she seems completely like stable so obviously this was just a, an excuse yes a hundred percent was an excuse i was like i think i wrote something in my notes along the lines of look at this man being a man using his <laughs> daughter to get out of this state running away from that commitment and hiding behind bella to do it right and then he comes over the next day to her bakery and he gives this whole speech and it ends up being to Frank, the repairman. <laughs> I also thought Frank was so funny and he was a good red herring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, then the, uh, let's see, then, so they go to the Christmas light up and there's a band on stage, Christmas band on stage. And uh, they end up making s'mores there at the uh uh thing and i don't know if have you seen the movie the menu yet i okay i will confess something here on hallmarkies when a movie seems scary Uh i read the movie spoiler.com synopsis of it and then i watch it so then i know all the scary parts that are coming and i know that's so bad and i'm sure to a film critic is like potentially sacrilegious but that said, I know the whole plot of the menu, including the s'mores scene at the end. I just have not yet seen it, but now no, I know I... where to duck my eyes. <laughs> so I can't say that I would recommend it to most Hallmarkies, but I, <laughs> it's one of those movies when I first got out of it, I, I gave it a seven out of 10. I was like, that was a pretty good movie, but it has stayed with me. I've thought about that movie a lot. And uh, so I think I'm going to bump it up. <laughs> the score I gave it. And yeah, I'll never think of s'mores the same. It, it might've ruined s'mores for me. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Sometimes, I mean, this is going to sound truly like, uh, BJ and I always call it, um, our fellow babies, like the baby community that listens to the pilot podcast that can't handle scary things. I mm-hmm. am part of the baby community. Um, I was like scared after reading that synopsis. There are some movies that are so scary, it. even when I read them that like, I can't read them too late at night. I even <laughs> reviewed something for Hallmarkies with y'all. Oh, it was the Aurora Tea Garden where they're in the haunted house. Oh yeah. And yeah, I started yeah. to watch it at night and I paused <laughs> it and I was like, I'm going to watch this in the morning before we record. Like, <laughs> like it's doing this in the dark. <laughs> it's honestly not that I wouldn't say it's that like scary, scary, but it's very like makes you squirm uncomfortable, scary. Yes. Uh, kind of a thing. Uh, it was just what's your s'more strategy do you burn the marshmallow do you do a golden brown (laughs) well anybody who knows me patience is not my greatest strength so usually (laughs) the the, yeah there's some burning that's happening (laughs) like let's do this but but if you can take if you have the patience to get it all like perfectly golden then that is tasty that is, that is my approach. I will mm-hmm. sit there all day to get a golden brown <laughs> because I hate the taste of the burnt marshmallow, but I know people love it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it can be kind of good because like this, the marshmallow is so sweet 
And so you have like the little bitterness from it being burnt with the sweetness of the marshmallow. Rachel, it sounds like you could build your own the menu. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe with fewer lives lost. (laughs) (laughs) We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable, hardy, or hallmarky in your life? What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies merch store. Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Hallmark Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. We have Victor Webster saying, I wish I had spent more time with her when I had the chance. Bring about his wife. Um, so that was very touching. And, and she talks about her parents who died in a car accident as well. So they have that kind of connection. Yeah. It felt very grown up lessons learned. We are the sum of the experiences that we bring. And now we've come to this place where we can be together. Well, I mean, at the end, but it just felt like they were in the right place in their lives to even meet. Yeah. So they developed this idea that it's, I think the chairman of the board or something like that. And Annie, she's some kind Marian, of high, yeah. high position for this company. And so they think it's her. So they go searching through her office to try to find the recipe. And then they, there was a pretty good, I thought, reveal when she's, they're talking and talking and, uh, and she's like, is that so you think she's one. That was, that was good. I thought it was effective. I wrote down genuine jump scare. (laughs) Like I truly, I mean, I know this is an audio medium, but I like jumped a little bit in my seat. I was like, Oh, there she is. She's right there. (laughs) I felt like I wasn't being a good lookout. (laughs) Like I didn't didn't give a Miriam is coming signal. (laughs) Like she is evidently really powerful because within, within minutes, uh, she's put on administrative leave. She's basically mm-hmm. fired from her own company. <laughs> Annie has power. Okay. I'm confused by that because we find out later, and I know we're getting to it, that Arthur is the largest shareholder. Mm-hmm. One, how is our protagonist unaware of that? Right. <laughs> and two, how are they able to do all this stuff to our protagonist with Arthur being the largest shareholder? And why isn't he at the meetings? Yeah, I think he's some kind of like silent partner. I get, yeah. Something Maybe like he that. Emails in those votes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, but, but Annie is evidently just, I mean, I could see why they suspected her because she's very powerful. Yeah, I because we were closer to the end of the movie, I actually thought it was her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see it. I could see it being her. And and then we get more baking of cookies. He makes banana bread, Victor Webster. And he's like, you're a lot of layers. And then we get this <laughs> cute, cute scene where the two of them hold hands. 
I thought that was really sweet. Yeah. And and then he kind of pulls away and she says, I wanted to hold your hand more than anything I've wanted in a long time. Oh, that was adorable. Loved that. Truly. Yeah. Yeah, It was so good. There's nothing I love more than like a subtle handhold in these movies. It's so good. And then she testifies before the board. Uh, and that's when Arthur finally reveals himself at the cemetery uh, that, and explains the whole situation, what he was trying to do, uh, that the, evidently her grandma asks him to do this. In fact, yes, she was like, Arthur, before I go, I will leave you with one task, put Annie through hell. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like sorry because he thought that they would spend all the time figuring out the the recipe instead of instead of figuring out who the thief was like they went on the yes. thief path not the recipe path yes he saw her dressed in all black on those stakeouts and he was like where is her apron where is the brown sugar what's going on it was yeah. a miscalculation. Yeah, my grandma being the busybody matchmaker from beyond the grave, it's, she <laughs> failed. <laughs> but uh, then we have uh, that uh, Bella has a has a dance recital. She gets kind of nervous, and that's when rachel boston's character comes up on stage who she has stage fright as well but she'll help out bella uh, for the dance it was cute i thought it was very cute to see Anne prancing around on that stage mm-hmm. and then right when she gets the crowd warmed up she knew to fall away and let bella run the show yeah yeah and then victor webster he says i've just been scared to let someone else in my life and then Annie Cooper, can I please hold your hand? Oh, oh it's so good. It's <laughs> yeah. so good. Good. Very good. And they kiss at the end. And our mystery is solved. All's well. Both cookie companies can provide <laughs> provide cookies for the for the town. And uh, so no more theft. <laughs> probably, probably they shouldn't have the <laughs> recipe displayed like that anymore. No, no, they got to do it like KFC, where it's like in a vault, inside a vault, inside a vault, inside someone's pocket. That person's in a vault. Right. They have to do something like that. (laughs) It doesn't work to have it on display anymore because we don't know if Arthur's little tricks are done. What if grandma does this again? So they make a kid or something. Yeah. We don't know how far this goes. Yeah. Uh, So I, I think maybe this did like feel a little bit slower to me because I had, I had watched so many kind of outright, I'd watched haul out the Holly and three wise men. And, and so the, the, those are more like outright, like farces and comedies. And then this one is more trying to be the mystery, but with some comedy. Uh, but, uh, so I was watching, I was kind of like wanting it to move a little bit faster, but I still overall enjoyed it. And so I probably give this one a 3.5 out of five that's fair i'm i'm going much higher because i watched it by itself (laughs) i really enjoyed it i don't live your world for you (laughs) very very admirably challenge yourself to watch all these movies i sat down yesterday watched two movies yeah these two 
And so (laughs) (laughs) um, with that, I would give this like a 4.5, maybe on Uh par with the other one. Uh Um, You've moved me more on, on holiday spectacular. I just think that this one They're was very different. Oh, so cute. I yeah. loved it. I also really liked, I mean, it sounds like you've reviewed it already. I need to catch up on all my podcasts, but three wise men and a baby. Oh. I think that is so fun and ridiculous that I agree that if I had watched that one, maybe right before this one, it would change my rating. But because I got to do just these two, I got to sort of enjoy them yeah. in a silo. Yeah. And then 3.5 is still a, a good score. Like I, st- I did for enjoy sure. it. I did enjoy it. So let us know what you think if you're listening, what you think of these two movies, where did you land on them? We'd love to hear in the comment section or on Twitter and our Facebook is still down. I, I don't know what's going to happen. I haven't been able to get through to anybody in Facebook. So uh, sorry about that, uh, but you can contact us in lots of other ways. So please do that. And uh, what about you, Mitsu? Where can people find your podcast and all the other stuff? You can find us at thepilotpodcast.com. We're on all podcasting platforms and we're also on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at thepilotpod. Right. And, uh, and you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Ron Tomatoes. Check that out. Also, and you can follow the podcast on social media, Homeworkies Pod and Homeworkies Podcast. Like I said, don't follow us on, on Facebook right now, but everywhere else. And uh, if you are listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews for both of our podcasts. It really helps a lot people to be able to find it. Uh, and uh, if you are listening on YouTube, please give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have our patron group, which is a lot of fun. And our merch store, we can get tons of fun, festive designs and great gifts for the hearty, uh, postable Hallmark fan in your life. Uh, lots of fun, festive designs. And uh, thanks so much, Michi. This was really fun and wish you all a very Merry Christmas. Thank you. This was a great time.